Hello and welcome to season two of Inform's Meet Her podcast. My name is Terry Barclay, and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I am just thrilled that joining me today is Linda Apsey, President and CEO of ITC Holdings. I have the great pleasure of serving on a board with Linda and have gotten to know her better through that process. And I'm just so thrilled that she's joining us today. Welcome, Linda. Terry, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure and honor to be with you here today. Looking forward to it. Well, we have a lot to cover, so let's get right to it and jump in. What are the challenges and opportunities that companies face in being intentional about gender and racial diversity? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, frankly, is you know how how do we do it? You know, we take on I and D. Um, obviously, we're putting our shoulder behind it. We want it to be sustainable, uh, but I don't think we've ever been faced with the urgency and, quite frankly, the crisis that we have today. And so I think, quite frankly, the biggest challenge is how do we go about doing it and how, where do we start? You know, what do we do? And then how do you get all of your employees to embrace this? And then ultimately, how do you make this sustainable over time? This is such an important issue, such an important conversation. We have to start now. We have to make progress. But I also think there's often a lot of fear that comes with starting an effort like this. We don't naturally have the skill sets or the muscle memory um, around these types of issues and efforts. And I think naturally there's a fear of failure. I think there's a fear that we may not have the perfect conversation or the right conversation and that we may inadvertently offend someone. You know, this is a topic and issue that has so much history. Certainly it's sensitive for so many people, but that shouldn't stop us. And I actually think, you know, our challenges are also our opportunity. You know, this is our opportunity to be deliberate and intentional. It's our opportunity to make a huge difference. And it's an opportunity to embrace, you know, the diverse background and experiences and skill sets that we all naturally bring to the table. And I really believe that in order to, you know, sort of set the foundation and do this well, you know, and particularly from a leader perspective, and certainly from my position and my chair, I think the most important thing that I can do is to be authentic, to be open, to be honest, um, and to engage in the dialogue and the conversation. You know, we have to first start with understanding the issue and where we've come from. You know, we have to be willing to lean in so that we can hear the, the stories, perhaps the pain that others have suffered. And I think this is a really important starting point for all of us is to set the foundation by first, you know, engaging in conversation, listening, understanding, because ultimately I believe that leads to long-term respect for each other. And ultimately it gives us the ability and the platform to embrace diversity as opposed to seeing how we're different. 
You know, that's those are such great points. And you and I were talking a little bit before we went live about perfect being the enemy of good. And, you know, I think we feel so pressured to have perfect conversations around these issues. But, you know, if we're authentic, that, you know, we probably aren't going to be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely right, Terry. And, um, you know, I, I've been engaged over the course of the last year um, and more so over the last six months with focus group discussions, meeting with employees. And, you know, I, that's exactly what I've told employees. I told them, I said, look, you know, know that, know that I come from a good place. This comes from my heart. Um, I am all in. I'm authentic about this. I want to, you know, I want to help. I've got the position um, as the CEO to, you know, to obviously commit to this and make it sustainable. But I basically asked for their permission. I basically told them, you know, give me, give me the flexibility and the permission that I will not be perfect. Maybe in the questions that I ask, the words that I use, um, or perhaps how I maybe ask a question. And, and they were, they were extremely um, responsive to that. And they said they appreciated that. And I think that so an important learning, uh, an important, you know, facet, if you will, of engaging in this dialogue. Mm. So, so you've given some examples, but what are other things leaders can do just on a day-to-day -day basis to encourage and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, I mentioned this a little bit already, but of course, you know, the first thing we have to do, we have to start talking about it um, openly and honestly. And, you know, as leaders, you know, we have to, whether we, we have it naturally or we need to build the skill set, as leaders, we have to be empathetic. I think one of the most important things that we need to be as we enter this conversation is to be empathetic. You know, try to understand, try to feel where other people are coming from. Because I think if you do that, it puts you in a different frame of mind and it allows you uh, to sort of further, if you will, uh, the efforts um, that all the different facets of an inclusion and equity and diversity. And, you know, I think about it, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, really, as I, I think I mentioned this before too, you know, we have to build them, you know, the, the muscle, the memory muscle, <laughs> you know, it has to become second nature to us that when we go to hire someone, we ask ourselves, we automatically think to ourselves, do we have a diverse interview panel? You know, do we have a diverse selection criteria? Um, do, you know, when we think about promotion and succession planning and leadership development, you know, we have to start to build the muscle memory to it for, so that it becomes automatic, that we have to look at the complexion of the individuals that we're talking about and make sure that in that conversation that we're thinking about diversity, we're thinking about inclusion and we're thinking about equity. And I think the more we build that muscle set, the more we build that skill set, um, ultimately, the more I think we will see and make progress uh, on this journey. And that's the other part of this I would say too, is that I think everyone needs to understand that this is a journey. Uh, we're not gonna change it overnight. You know, we have to first build the foundation. And then, you know, this is a journey that we have to sustain over time. And uh, I think as leaders, you know, we, we have to be willing and open and we have to lean in, but we can't do it ourselves as leaders. We need all of our employees uh, to be part of this journey as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that idea of muscle memory. And, 
you know, uh, making it just, it's just part of how you do things. You know, it's just, it's just built in. Uh, so it doesn't require some sort of extraordinary, um, uh, effort. So I know, I know that you are a very goal oriented person. Um, an outcome oriented person. How do you define success and communicate what that looks like to your team? Yeah, that's a great question, Terry. Um, you know, probably one of the things that I, I see as, you know, most critical um, in my role as CEO. You know, I have spent considerable time, I've been in this chair for four years now, and I have spent considerable time really, you know, identifying, refining, you know, what is our vision? You know, what is our strategy or strategic priorities? Um, and all of that is great, um, but none of that works um, unless you drive the communication and the understanding and the engagement of that down through the organization. And, you know, obviously your strategic priorities have to, you know, drive value for your customers. You have to be able to drive the growth of the business. And certainly you have to further, you know, your, your desired culture like IND, as we were just talking about. But again, I really do believe, you know, as you develop a strategy, develop a vision, um, the engagement and the, you know, kind of the connection of that uh, from top of the organization all the way down to the bottom of the organization um, is the most important part. And in fact, at ITC, um, you know, one of our, one of our, um, you know, kind of uh, mantras is, is called the power of connection. Now, certainly we're a power company. I was going to say that. That's a great <laughs> phrase, right? Uh, but it really is about the power of connection. And, you know, that means a lot of different things across a lot of different, um, you know, perspectives in our business. It could mean communication or interpersonal communication. Um, it could be shared, you know, vision and shared success around our strategy. Um, but I really do believe, you know, um, you know, having a vision and a strategy and having everyone engaged and connected um, around that uh, ultimately leads to shared success. And uh, I'm a big believer in shared success. Um, I really believe not, not any one of us, um, you know, can do our jobs without anybody else. And um, big believer in shared success and collaboration and, and ultimately, you know, we're, we are better together. And uh, again, you know, I think sort of having that mindset and having that philosophy, you know, will allow us to continue to sort of leverage our, our philosophy and our values as well. And that will also help us further our IND efforts because that's our, that's our platform. That's, you know, kind of who we are and what we do. And um, yeah, it's, um, you know, really driving, driving the strategy. Um, and, and I can look back and look at our, you know, considerable success, you know, over the last decade, uh, 15 years. And uh, I really do believe it is um, reflective of having a, a vision and a strategy that everyone is connected to. And so big believer in that and uh, always happy to talk to folks about that because it's, it's just so powerful. Isn't it great when you can look back and see that you actually followed the plan? <laughs> that the vision actually drove, <laughs> you know, like it's, I, I love it when that happens. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and you're right. That is the best part because when you see the results um, and you can share the results 
And then everybody gets to get also gets to share in those results. Yeah. What yeah. leads to job, that's what leads to job satisfaction, right? And what you know makes people feel like they contributed and they understand how they contribute. And so it is, it's a it's a pretty powerful um, circle, if you will, circle of success um, that uh, we have at the company. So <clears throat> I know that, I mean, we have all been dealing with huge amounts of change. Um, how does the rapid pace of change within your company and your industry affect your leadership style? Maybe you could share a story about a time when you had to adapt to or implement real change. Sure. Um yeah, I think we can all agree. I mean, certainly our industry is going through perhaps the single biggest transformation um, than, than it ever has with as we transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. And certainly that has a big impact on our business. But I think we all can agree that the pace of change, regardless of the industry, um, has definitely accelerated. Um, there is no such thing as the status quo any longer. Um, you know, you have to be in a position where you, you know, you have to adapt your products, your services, your processes, and you have to be able to adapt your leadership style. And, you know, you have to be aware of, you know, the industry trends, the customer demands, the risks in your business. And you have to continually question and push yourself to be proactive and ahead of the curve. And as I think about that, you know, as it relates to myself as a CEO and as a leader with sort of all of this change that, that's happening around us, you know, I continually have to tell myself and remind myself um, that I cannot be comfortable. You know, I have to get to the point where I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable um, because you have to, um, you have to continually push your organization to think differently, uh, to do differently. Um, there is, you know, innovation, you know, we, I'm sure every organization talks about innovation and technological change and because the pace of that is changing so rapidly. And so where I find myself, um, you know, internally is, you know, one of the important lesson I've, I've sort of learned is, um, a couple of, well, several years ago, as we thought about our and sort of how do we grow our business? And we sort of took a quantum leap uh, from, from where we're at uh, today in terms of our business, our business model, you know, the things that we're really, really good at. And we kind of took a quantum leap in terms of, hey, let's think outside the box. Let's think big. Let's think, you know, let's, you know, really go big. Um, but what I learned was that, you know, while things seem big, um, you know, it's sort of like the next holy grail. Um, I learned an important lesson um, that, you know, your growth and your ability to achieve growth um, typically doesn't come from, you know, when you take huge leaps and bounds outside your box. Um, growth mm -hmm. and sustainable growth uh, typically comes from sort of, you know, working around the edges of your box, you know, just kind of going a little bit outside your box. Uh, because you can leverage, you know, the skills and experience and the knowledge that you have. Um, and so for me, that was a really valuable uh, lesson in terms of my leadership style. You know, I think about change and I thought about, you know, go big, you know, sort of the go big or go home uh, mm -hmm. analogy. 
uh, when in reality, um, I think it's, it's really important for us while we have to continue to evolve and change, I think incremental change um, is actually more sustainable and ultimately uh, more, um, more effective um, in terms of being able to sustain your growth profile. And so that was a big lesson for me, you know, both in terms of, you know, yes, we have to change, we have to be uncomfortable. Um, but I think it was also a valuable lesson in terms of, you know, you really have to, um, you know, assess where you're at and then look for the incremental change. And, and, and the incremental changes can be just as uncomfortable as the big changes. Um, but I do think they have more opportunity to be sustainable and successful over time. And, and certainly for me, that was, um, that was quite a bit of reflection and sort of acknowledgement, you know, of defining sort of who we are and who we're not. And, um, you know, so it was a, a valuable lesson uh, for me in, you know, again, going back to sort of that vision and that strategy and um, sort of developing a strategy uh, that was going to be sustainable over time. And so, so far, so good. Uh, we're seeing great results um, as a result of that. But uh, again, um, you know, got, you have to continue to evolve and change. I think you just need to be mindful um, of, of what's doable and what isn't. You, that is fascinating. You have just given me a ton to think about, <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners as well. You know, I, I think, especially for CEOs, when you read the business press, you know, you, you read, often read lots of kudos for the big, bold, splashy sort of moves, <laughs> but <laughs> this sort of idea of this inexorable, relentless, you know, um, innovation around the edges, uh, having more, uh, more of sustainability is really interesting. Um, I'm going to have to go back and watch companies and, and watch for that differential. <laughs> what, what, what path they chose. <laughs> yeah. You know, a really, a really interesting one to look at, um, around the same concept, uh, that I just mentioned is Lego, uh, Lego years and years ago, uh, went way outside their 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 bricks and blocks, if you will, and uh, and it was pretty it was pretty disastrous for them, and uh, they totally redefined themselves and they basically innovated around the bricks and blocks and uh, have become extremely successful since that time. So that's a that's a good that's a good one to look at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Lego case study. Okay, you've given me you've, you've set me down a path. <laughs> So, so Linda, I'm, I'm just dying to ask you the next question. It, you know, we literally can count on one hand, the number of women CEOs, uh, you know, in our, in our region, and you are one of them. Um, so we know that women have made slow and steady gains in achieving leadership positions, but there still is a gender gap, particularly when you look at pipeline, and it varies a lot by industry, right? You know, and skill sets that, that industries rely upon. Can you share an experience that illustrates how you've overcome the barriers that women sometimes face? Yeah, I mean, I guess a couple of things I would say, Terry. Um, you know, I, I, I work in an industry that is very male dominated. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you 
the uh, the energy, you know, the electric uh, utility industry. And, um, you know, like most other industries, you know, we have our, you know, industry CEO meetings. And, and I think out of the, and I may have the number a little bit wrong, but out of about 125 CEOs uh, that attend the utility CEO meetings, you know, you could probably count on on one hand, uh, the number of women see, you know, what, what, um, you know, what I have done, um, you know, is find ways, you know, whether through committee assignments, leadership opportunities, um, where you can actually lead, you know, some conversations some dialogue, some issues. And, you know, you find, if you will, over time, it's very uncomfortable at first, but you do find over time um, you know, that sort of that barrier or someone seeing you as a female, and in particularly, relatively speaking, I'm a young female, um, you know, over time, I think those barriers uh, naturally, you know, kind of, you know, wither away. And whether that's in, you know, in, in the eyes of the males, I don't know. Uh, but certainly, um, in, in my eyes, in my perspective, mm-hmm. the thing I would say, Terry, is, um, probably the thing I'm most proud of is, you know, at ITC of our senior leadership team, there are five of us. And there of that, there are four women and one male. And, um, you know, that's pretty unheard of, you know, in terms of not just me being a female CEO, but four out of our five senior executives are females. And, you know, I would say even more importantly, it's not just about, you know, being, you know, being a woman, um, you know, it's about, I, I saw their potential, you know, I saw this years ago, um, I identified it, um, I have worked closely with each of these individuals um, to help them, encourage them, you know, to do more and to be more and really help and support them along the way in their journey. And, um, you know, really proud that, you know, they're not in, that, in their positions because they're females they're in their position because they were the best qualified person for the job. And, you know, what I, you know, what I probably, um, probably what I see is, you know, just the natural leadership skills and talent um, that women naturally bring to the table. And, um, you know, I think, you know, whether it's for me or other CEO leaders, um, you know, it really is about being deliberate and intentional um, in identifying talent, uh, developing your talent, you know, giving them the challenging assignments, supporting them along the way, um, you know, as well as working with them, right? Giving them the flexibility they need, you know, not only to be successful at work, but so that they can, t- can continue to be successful at home. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I, you know, women have tremendous leadership potential um, and we have to do more to tap that potential uh, because for whatever reason, we're not there yet, uh, but really do see women having incredible potential. And, uh, you know, it's incumbent on all of us uh, to identify that and and develop it and, um, you know, give them opportunities they so deserve. I just, oh my gosh, I just love that answer because, you know, what it speaks to is casting a broad net and then working to make sure that the talent can rise, Um, you know, and I, I think that 
what we so often do because we're under stress is we have a go-to group of people, (laughs) right? um, you know, and, and it's almost like a shortcut when you're trying to produce outcomes at an organization. Um, But I just love what, what you talked about in terms of supporting people over time, you know, seeing the potential and supporting people as they develop that and then become ready for leadership roles. That's, uh, that's really phenomenal. That's really yeah, phenomenal. absolutely. So, so I have one more question in this section. Do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share? <laughs> you know, one of my, um, one of my favorite quotes, and this is, again, I probably only kind of got this perspective um, when I became CEO, but a famous quote by Jack Welch, um, you know, from, from uh, GE, you know, before you are a leader, success is all about growing yourself. And then when you become a leader, success is all about growing others. And, um, you know, it, I think it defines me uh, so well, uh, because I think that's really the perspective and, um, you know, kind of, you know, where my head is every day, you know, when I, you know, sort of going to work or sitting on these Zoom calls, (laughs) <laughs> you know, whatever the case may be, you know, it really is about how do we develop others, grow others. And, you know, at some point, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're all going to, you know, hang up our skates, so to speak. And, um, you know, what I'm going to be most proud of is uh, the team that I left behind me. And so I, you know, spend a considerable amount of my time and effort on, you know, developing um, not just my team, but developing folks uh, down down the line uh, that certainly demonstrate a lot of potential. And, um, you know, I just love that quote because I do differentiate, um, you know, what it means to, to truly be a leader. You know, I've also got another quote. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and this is more, this is the Linda Apsey quote. Um, and, uh, you know, people kind of joke and laugh with me, um, you know, my famous saying is all, I'm like, well, what is the so what of that? You know, people, <laughs> people so often come in and they give you the history of things or they tell you all the background and the facts and, you know, and, and my, my famous words around ITC are always, well, what's the so what of that? <laughs> and uh, I think it really helps to get people focused on what matters um, and trying to be succinct um, in summarizing an issue or an, or a problem or a potential solution. And so I found that as an effective way. And, um, but I affectionately, uh, get made fun of for my, for my saying. <laughs> okay. But now people everywhere are going to be stealing that. I'm, I'm just saying, so I, they have lost control of it, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> they have my full permission. <laughs> so, so, um, before we go, can you share with us a story about how you used, or even maybe a time when you wish you'd used a key leadership competency and why that mattered? Yeah, um, gosh, one of the one of the key competencies um, I always come back to, just in terms of my myself. Um, but I would often, you know, I will tell others as well um, as how important it is to have self awareness. Um, and I think particular, I mean, I think we could probably say that's true, uh, no matter where you're at in your career or, you know, with your friends, perhaps, or with your family, 
self-awareness is, is very, very important. Um, but I, I definitely, I had a situation um, years ago um, in a meeting. I was, you know, we were discussing a topic and a lot of pe different people had a lot of different opinions about it. And um, you know, it was a, it was a conversation. It was something I felt pretty strongly about, or at least I felt strongly about my perspective. Um, you know, I thought I was right. I, you know, in, in the course of the dialogue, I became pretty persistent, um, you know, almost angry or annoyed. Um, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't, not everybody was seeing it my way. And so, you know, kind of by the end of the meeting, I had kind of shut down. I was no longer listening. Um, I wasn't trying to understand and I wasn't, certainly wasn't trying to solve the problem. And uh, afterwards, a colleague um, of mine, you know, someone who I had a pretty good relationship with, you know, kind of circled back with me and kind of under the, the context of being a friend, um, you know, kind of took me to task um, in kind of what uh, he observed, um, you know, kind of from his perspective, um, but more importantly, you know, trying to tell me how, you know, while my perspective was valuable, um, nobody was listening to me because of the way I went about it. And, you know, that's one of those um, times, I think, in my career where certainly I was embarrassed. Um, certainly, you know, I knew I could have done better. Um, you know, I had to get over the, you know, the feelings of it wasn't my idea that won the day. Um, it's probably one of the most important conversations um, I actually ever had because from that point on, it kind of, it, it's made me realize how important self-awareness is. Um, and self-awareness, you know, can, you know, it comprises so many different attributes. Um, but it really made me wake up and realize um, how I am, you know, how I was showing up in conversations, mm. how important your emotions are, you know, certainly in conversations. And, you know, and I think in the now, you know, when I, um, you know, certainly this has been, it's been quite a while since this incident took place. Um, but now I, what I often do now in terms of self-awareness, I often think, um, think of myself as sort of being on stage, you know, it, you know, it's, there's a theater, there's a, it's a play, you've got an audience, you know, and so I often find myself now, you know, kind of putting myself in, in sort of that perspective of like, okay, it's, it's my job to, you know, whether, you know, whatever the issue is, right? Am I trying to get a decision out of someone? Am I trying to, you know, solve a problem? Am I looking for ideas? Am I, do I have to show up and be empathetic? Um, you know, maybe it's a personal, personal issue. And so what I find now in terms of, you know, how important self-awareness is, I always try to ahead of time, you know, think through my, you know, kind of where, like what meeting I'm going into, what conversation I'm going into and sort of think about it in terms of, you know, kind of you're, you're, you're in a theater. And so really think about who's the actor, who are the, who's, who's, you know, kind of the backstage hands, who's the other actors that I need to connect with. And, um, that's been a valuable sort of tool for me because it helps me kind of picture situations um, before they occur. Uh, but that was one of those leadership um, lessons um, that maybe I, I learned the hard way. Uh, but thankfully, it was at a time when it was younger. You know, I was younger. It was earlier in my career. It certainly wasn't fatal uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just really, really 
um, important advice and uh, sort of forever grateful and thankful to, to the colleague who uh, kind of took me to task and took me aside. And uh, I think it has made me uh, a better leader and a better person for it. Uh, there's so many important concepts wrapped up in that story, not the least of which is getting really good at receiving feedback and, you know, even asking for feedback, um, even when you're afraid to get it, <laughs> you know, that, that whole thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, what, one of my favorite quotes is from Warren Bennis, where you trip is where the treasure lies. Yeah, yeah, and, so um, true. It's like, oh dear, it's true. <laughs> you know, I wish it weren't. I wish there were an easier way. Um, we we so don't true. always just get smart by reading books, right? <laughs> we have to make mistakes, right? Absolutely. Yes, we learn from our mistakes. So true. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Linda, and for sharing such great insights. Well, thanks, Terry. Uh, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share a little bit of my leadership perspective um, with you and um, really appreciate it and um, all the best. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out season one, as well as Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. And don't forget to check out our growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and our calendar of virtual events. Thank you.